go back, if you will, and take a suggestion from me. Think back to something lost and something found. All of us have been there, but what do you do when you just can't remember where you left it, be it car keys or a lunch to go? to a time in your life when something important went missing. When we lived in Florida, we came home one day through the front door as a burglar arrived through a back window. He fled. My wife, who doesn't own much jewelry, proceeded to hide the little she had, but then we couldn't find it. The value wasn't monetary. It was memories passed down. So we prayed, which we've learned to do many times through the years. Guess what? Nothing. Until the day we moved, and there it was. We had given up, but all along the Lord knew and planned the find. Remember this, salvation is found, but never lost. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called The Life to Come. Yesterday, we heard a powerful interview with Jeremy Camp, his first wife's battle with cancer, the songs that came through that trial, how they both found hope in Christ alone and how Melissa Camp was convinced that even if one life was touched by Jesus through her cancer, it would be all worth it. An amazing story of how the Lord not only touched one life, Jeremy's included, but now millions of lives all around the world as he shares their story. Jeremy will be back with us in just a moment to talk about his upbringing in Indiana and how his father's heart to reach the lost in his hometown deeply affected him. And after that, we're going to the upper room where Jesus spent time with his disciples and shared about this life to come. We all need to be reminded that when you're in Christ Jesus, no matter how dark life might seem, it only will get brighter in eternity with him. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of the brand new movie just out on DVD. It's about Jeremy and Melissa Camp's story called I Still Believe. My wife Janet and I recently watched the movie. We certainly enjoyed it. It's well-crafted by the Irwin brothers, the same guys who brought you I Can Only Imagine. And what we really liked about this movie is that it showed us that even when life is a mess, the Lord can still be with you, and His love can strengthen us day after day. And that's something we all need more right now. After the program, I want to send you a copy of this new movie on DVD, It'll help remind you of the Lord's faithful love for us. Yes, this movie might bring a tear or two to your eyes, but there'll be tears of joy as your faith is strengthened in the power of hope found only in Christ. Here's the number to call after the program, 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and watch the trailer and a little bit of the movie and make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now I'd like us to open with a hit song by Jeremy Camp, a song called Overcome. Seated above, enthroned in the Father's love, destined to die. Pulled out for all mankind God's only Son Perfect 
perfect in spotless one And he never sinned But suffered as if he did hits from way back not that long ago 2013 jeremy camp here on haven today and overcome i'm charles morris 
A few days ago, the end of last week, when I was talking with Jeremy, I asked him to share how his small Indiana town upbringing and his father had an effect on his ministry today. Being brought up in a small town, I would just go with my dad places as he's minister, and, and I played sports all my life. And then at one point, you know, I asked my dad to teach me some guitar chords, and I said, hey, I want to learn some guitar chords as well. And <laughs> so he taught me a few chords, and, and really the rest is history. I just realized that, wow, I love this. I started writing songs. Um, it was just an integral part of, you know, watching my dad go out and minister. He would play music, you know, and he would preach the gospel and, and share about Jesus. And I love watching that. And so it was a big, um, I think, culture, you know, creator for me in a sense, watching that be a part, a massive part of um, my life and walking by faith. I mean, literally having times when we didn't have much at all and God would provide for our needs supernaturally. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I had a, an idea of, of God's supernatural provision and stepping out in faith. And I think it was just preparation for what was to come. Mm. And I guess there were uh, townies and there were also students at Purdue and you were one of the townies then growing up there. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a little battle back and forth between the two, I guess at times then. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you have like a, the majority, there's like 20,000 students or something. And there's like, you know, 40,000 people, you know, right, right. Like, so it's like they take over and, it was so rad, though. I actually really, I think, because my dad had such a heart um, for the area, I always saw it as an opportunity, especially because there was people from all over the world that went there. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was like, yeah, this is this is kind of special. I mean, it's like a melting pot of people, and you get a minister. So it's, it was it was a, just a perspective that you have to shift, you know, uh, to make it beneficial. Mm, wow. Well, at what point did you start? figuring out maybe you had a gift to write music, people wanted to hear the songs that you had written. At what point along the way? That was just pretty much when you got to Calvary Bible College in Southern California, not too many miles from where I used to live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it must have happened. Did it, did it ease in that you realized that the Lord had given you some talent that others wanted to hear, or was it like an overnight kind of thing? No, it definitely eased in because, you know, like I said, I grew up playing sports all my life. And so that was kind of a major part of what I wanted to do. And so music was kind of a secondary thing that slowly became something that I realized, oh, I think God's using this. You know, I think it's a it's an avenue for me to minister. And so I remember, you know, writing my first song and it was called Set Me Free. And it was me sharing just things that I was going through and asking the Lord to set me free from sin. And so I was realizing I could write what I was dealing with or what God was teaching me um, through music. And I saw how God used that to affect people's lives. And so I went, okay, Lord, if this is what you're doing, then I'm going to walk through it. And so that began the journey of really not me necessarily pursuing. It was just me going, okay, Lord, I realize I have a call in my life. I went to Bible college and I felt that call. And then at that point it was just like, okay, God, you open the doors because I don't know what to do. And obviously he did. And, and that's what I tell people, let him open the doors. Don't try to kick doors open. And I think right. that that right. is the key to knowing that it's the Lord doing it and not you forcing your way into it. <laughs> hey, that's the key for any of us living life, isn't it? We 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 want to be able to to be known. We want to do something and be successful. But yet, I think those in the Christian world who the Lord has blessed with some measure of success, right. uh, it just happens. You, you can't lay out a plan and follow six steps or five steps and right. make that happen. It, it, it just happens. And I assume you still have young musicians come up to you and want to know, 
how can I be Jeremy Camp? You know, how can I be as, 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 and, 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 and so I think you just gave me the answer to that question, didn't you? Yeah. I think we kind of think of success as big numbers so often. And God kind of looks at success in the eyes of really how faithful you've been with, with what he's given you. And, you know, someone like me, if he's given me this kind of bigger platform, if I've been faithful with, you know, 25% of it, and then this person that's been given a lot smaller platform is faithful, you know, with a hundred percent of it, they've done greater and have been in, ex- in yes. a, you know, an extent more of a success in the eyes of the Lord. Not that God loves one person more, but there's more of like, you've been more faithful with what I've been giving you. And so I think that is the key is just to be faithful where God has you and let him open the doors. And don't don't look at success as numbers. Look at it as the amount of just being faithful with what God has in front of you. This is Haven Today, and we're continuing a series called The Life to Come this week. And I'm thankful for the time spent with musician and songwriter Jeremy Kemp. Whether you, like Jeremy, have lost a loved one or not, this life is hard. In fact, it's hard for some of us right now. No getting around it. Oh, how we need to set our minds on the world to come. Well, that's exactly what I found myself doing on past trips to Jerusalem. There in the old city, so many pilgrims of different faiths, not just Christianity, coming to look for something. Of course, our Jewish friends came to pray for God to finally send his Messiah. And so I pray. And so every time I've been to Jerusalem, walking the old streets of the city, I pray that Jews would come to know that he has already sent the Messiah. And that Messiah is coming again soon. Not far from where I pray is the neighborhood where the upper room would have been. It was there that Jesus gave his famous upper room discourse the night before his death. The Gospel of John records this farewell speech in great detail, and I'd like us to spend the next few moments looking at what went on that night as they were together. So let's look together at John 13 and see how Jesus sets our minds on the life to come. When Judas was gone, Jesus said to the rest of the disciples, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him... God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Then Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. That's John 13, 31 to 36. Did you hear what Jesus said? Twice he said that he's going somewhere, and where he's going, he will be glorified. That's the life to come. When it comes to thinking about the glories of heaven, you and I have been perhaps too influenced by precious moments, figures, and Medieval paintings. Scripture doesn't tell us too much about what it's to be like. We'll find out for ourselves one day. But this we do know. Heaven is all about Jesus. He's there. And if he's there, then it'll be the most satisfying experience we can imagine. An experience that won't end. Jesus told his disciples there in the upper room a couple of important things. He said that believers would eventually follow him there. And he gave us instructions to follow in the meantime. 
Let's look at both of these. First, Jesus had already gone to glory, but one day believers will follow him there. I've already used the word heaven today, and it's true that that's where Jesus has gone. But that's not the whole story. When Jesus talks about his glorification in this passage, he says that it's something that is happening at that moment and that it is about to happen. He said it in verses 31 and 32. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Jesus was talking this way because he knew what was just around the corner. He was going to die. What looks to the eyes of flesh like a great defeat is really a moment of glory. As Jesus would die on the cross the following day, he was actually accomplishing the work that he had come to do. He was crushing sin as well as Satan and hell. And in that way, even the cross was his glorification. But more glory would come. The Father would also glorify the Lord Jesus by raising him from the dead and taking him up into the heavens. And that's where he is, seated at the right hand of the majesty there on high. What we can so easily forget is that the Christ who is there in the heavens is still true God, but also true man. With both a body and a soul, a human being stepped across that thin veil that separates earth and heaven. And at that moment, something about heaven changed. Once it was just a place of rest for the souls of believers. But now King Jesus is there preparing a place for us. The life to come is that great kingdom, and we will live there with resurrected bodies, together again, at last, with the Savior of the world. Jesus has gone before us, but he says to you and me today, you're coming too. Don't let the pain and confusion of this life cause you to forget. Your life is hidden with Christ on high, and one day you'll go there to enjoy it fully. But there's a second thing. Jesus gives us instructions to follow while we wait for that day. Well, what is that instruction? Love one another. How we need to hear that over and over again today, with so many opinions circling around on how to deal with COVID-19, with such social and racial unrest in our world, with so much, well, injustice. What can we possibly do as followers of Christ? Jesus knows. He says it three times in the passage we just read. Love one another. If you want to make a statement to a broken world today, Jesus gives you the most effective form of protest that there will ever be. Love. He says that's how the world will know we are believers. But more than that, it's how we thank him for loving us first. Our Savior is in the heavens, but he is not absent. We have his Holy Spirit. And while you struggle through this life, remember the life to come. Ask the Lord even now to help you see how you might better love your neighbor. And then the world will see that we belong to him, even as we turn our eyes to Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and No love. Darkness you 
Shane and Shane with Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus here on Haven Today. And here we are in the month of August. Where has the time gone? I ask myself that every day. 
And even in the midst of what I've been calling a COVID-19 summer, a lot of people are staying indoors just to stay away from the virus, or they're not leaving their front or their backyards. And that means a lot of time for movies and TV shows. So many movies just aren't that great, to be honest, even if they're well-made. My wife and I just watched a movie that is well-made, and it certainly is, I'll use the biblical word here, edifying. You heard Jeremy Camp earlier today, and yesterday we had him on the whole program. And I still believe is the true life story of Jeremy and his first wife, Melissa. It's a story of hope, but also a story of trial. The greatest trial, Jeremy says, he's ever faced. But through it all, it's a story that reminds us the Lord is always near. And even in uncertain times, that's something we all need to be reminded more of. I want to send you your own copy of the I Still Believe DVD right away for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. And may I ask for your generosity as well here as we're getting into the month of August. Not only is the DVD just released, that increases our costs to offer it, but the summer months are our slowest time of the year. Pray about what the Lord would like you to send, but call us right now and ask for I Still Believe. The number to call and make your gift is 800-654-2836. Or go online and watch the excerpts from the movie that we've put up. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we'll be sharing together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Have you ever caught one of your children doing something right? Today my wife overheard one of ours saying, Hold on, Hannah, I'll be right back. She scampered off and came back with a tissue to wipe her baby sister's runny nose. You know, the value of helping another person out, making their life just a little bit easier, is something we can all agree is a good thing. And not surprisingly, it was God's idea. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And as a pastor once said to his congregation, Jesus took the sting out of death. Perhaps you can help take the sting out of life for someone else today. Now that's something to think about. Get your Anchor devotional delivered in print monthly at getanchor.com.